Today, we're going to bring back a couple of popular guests who are going to talk all about some very super unique mindset hacks for entrepreneurs, as well as some unique strategies for selling on marketplaces such as Facebook shops. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. Helium 10's got over 40 tools for e-commerce entrepreneurs. I know how overwhelming it might seem to try and figure out how you're going to learn how to use everything or maybe even to know which ones you want to get started with. So for a completely free course that's going to guide you through learning everything you need in order to become a Helium 10 expert, visit the Helium 10 Academy. That is h10.me forward slash academy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Serious Sellers Podcast by Helium 10. I am your host, Bradley Sutton, and this is the show that's a completely BS-free, unscripted, and unrehearsed organic conversation about serious strategies for serious sellers of any level, the Amazon, Walmart, or e-commerce world. We've got a couple of serious sellers back on the show, some of my favorite guests. Steven and Chelsea, how's it going, guys? It is going so good. good. We're so excited to be here. We love getting to chat with you, hearing what you're up to, and yeah, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a good show. <laughs> well, thank you for coming back. It's I mean, time flies. It's been like like almost a year and a half since you guys were were on the show last. So we have a lot of of catching up to do. Um, but right <laughs> off the bat, I wanted to ask you something because it's fresh in mind, and, and since I don't plan these out and I don't write things down, like I know I'm gonna forget about it if I, if I leave it till <laughs> later in the episode. But just a couple of days ago, I recorded another episode with some some Rainmakers family members, um, Elizabeth and Sharon. And oh, I forgot which awesome. one it was. See, my, my memory is usually bad. But but one of them mentioned how they're kind of doubling down uh, this year on kind of like their core products and like, you know, trying to focus uh, and and do some nurturing. And and but the reason I'm bringing this up now is because she said, oh, yeah, it was because uh, of this challenge that that that. Uh, Stephen did at the beginning of the year or some book or something oh, about yeah. mindset that inspired her to kind of, um, you know, double down on what's working. Does any of this ring a bell? Have you any idea what I'm talking about here? It totally does. Okay. Definitely. Please, 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 uh, educate myself and the audience about, about, uh, what inspired her to take that path in. Yeah. So last year we did in our big Facebook group and then we're doing it again actually right now. It's called the bet on yourself book challenge. That's it. That's there it. it yes. is. Yeah. <laughs> and so Steven, I think found this book, um, 12 written. months to 1 million. Yeah. Ryan Moran. Um, so he's founder capitalism.com and he, it's his book about taking his business from, from zero to 12 million on Amazon and exiting the business. Um, but the, the idea behind the challenge, we want to explain how this challenge yeah, works because it's it. a little weird. <laughs> yeah. So basically I'm like, yeah, we can recommend books, but no one's going to read them. Like I'm, I'm the guy who buys the book and puts it on the shelf and just like never reads it. Mm -hmm. So I was like, let's make it fun. So, um, we have a challenge in our group where we're like, okay, let's do a book club. We're going to read a book together. Cause I read this book. I was like, it's so perfect for Amazon sellers. And so, um, we were like, how about this? Put down your credit card number. We'll buy you the book for free. You don't pay a dime. If you read the book, you get the book for free. You don't pay a dime. But if you don't read the book, then you pay $200. Oh. <laughs> so that's why we call the bet on yourself book challenge. When we did this last year. We had like, like over 500 people who, who said they were going to read the book, read the book, which was awesome. Crazy. Wow. Awesome. And the people that didn't uh, read the book paid $200 into a pot. And then we give the money away at the end of the challenge to people that read the book. <laughs> <laughs> so it's extra motivation to, uh, to get through the book. 
But yeah, the book is really all about um, leaning into your customer avatar. You know, like who's that person that you're you're really called to serve with your brand and really just like going after that and then expanding out. I think a lot of people um, sometimes have like a poverty mindset, almost like a scarcity. Like, oh, if I make it so specific for that really specific person, like what if it like this person over here wants to buy it? Are they going to feel like they can't buy it? You know, but really like there are so many people in the world when you go hyper niche on something you almost become the best in the world. If you're the only person that's serving that specific person at that high level with that product, it becomes the best product for that niche, you know, and it can expand out from there. So that's what the book really encourages. And so it does shake some people up sometimes because sometimes they just find random products to sell online Mm -hmm. and they haven't thought through the branding side of things as much. And so I think that's why she was probably extra motivated to go, you know what? I have some, some flagship products here that I think I haven't reached the ceiling on. Like I haven't yeah. like got them in front of all the people I need to get them into. And uh, it's definitely a fiery way to start the new year. <laughs> yeah. All right. Cool. Um, now just along those same lines, you know, whenever I come across different groups, whether they be be groups that have courses or, or, or training programs and things, I always try and look at what they're doing differently than others. And that might be the reason for their success. And you guys are probably one of the most successful uh, communities that I know of. And one of the things that I noticed you guys do differently are these challenges. So, um, can you talk about like the, how many of them you do, like what is a challenge and, and why they seem to motivate people more like, like you got 500 people in 2021 or 2022 (laughs) to read a physical book. That's just like mind boggling, you know, like talk about challenges. Oh man. Yeah. We love challenges. Um, and, yeah, it just, it gives people a good perspective about what this business is. We teach about selling on Amazon FBA and, um, creating the right mindset and all that. I think sometimes there are things out there that like will overhype something, you know, like I, I think I can get excited about a lot of different things like, Oh wow, I see this opportunity. Um, but sometimes you don't know, like, what is actually involved in the process. So the challenge, it's several days long. Um, we do these big live pushes throughout the year every once in a while, but we our challenge you can go through at any point as well. And it creates this healthy pressure to actually get through the material, to create a why statement. Why do you want to create passive income? Why do you want to run this business? Um, and... And also like, here is what it outlines. Like we talk about helium 10, the software, like, do you have the time? Do you have the money? Do you have the right mindset to invest in this business? What else would you say, Steven? Yeah. The challenge is like, it's, so it's like, it's basically, you could think of it like a course that, um, you know, like in the movies, it's like this message will self-destruct in three (laughs) Uh minutes. That's what it is. It's basically a course with a self-destruct at the end. (laughs) So we, uh, basically take people through the challenge. So they've trained them but the videos go away at a certain amount of time. So usually it's about a week or two. It's like, you got to get through the videos. So we give away crazy value that you might find in, you know, multi-thousand dollar courses in a short period of time. If they're there live or they're able to watch before the videos go away. Yeah. (laughs) So that motivates people to go like, Oh man, like I can do this. Like I can trade my time for this thing and they'll get through the challenge. Um, it just like, it's the same kind of spirit, I guess, is the bet on yourself book challenge. It's like, how can you bet on yourself and give yourself healthy pressure to actually motivate yourself to kind of get out of the, you know, the day to day. I think so many, yeah. like if you look at course completion stats, I'm sure you guys can see on Mm -hmm. even Mm -hmm. freedom ticket, right? It's like so many people sign up and don't even watch a single module, you know, unfortunately, and like, 
we believe like in the breakthrough that Amazon really can carry for people's families. And so like, if we're really going to help them, like we have to find ways to help them. And sometimes Mm -hmm. it means putting a little bit of healthy pressure on them. And so challenges really do that. So we do a lot of our training in that kind of challenge format. Of course you can buy lifetime access to the videos and, you know, like have them forever, but it does like, we see so many more people actually learn and take action on the content, um, by having that healthy pressure. And you have the like prizes and things too. Like, like mm-hmm. I swear I've seen you guys give like cash money to people to, to do stuff or, or like oh, iPads yeah. or something like that. Yeah. You yeah. have to. People Gotta love winning free things. Yeah. So the further along you get in the challenge, you unlock bonuses, bigger rewards, uh, bigger rewards, um, things that will help you in your business or help you with your mindset in this business. Um, as well as, yeah, we love giving away lots of Amazon gift cards. Chelsea is the prize cards. queen. We give away MacBook Pros, AirPods, lots of really fun things like it's fun to do. I love, I love giving away stuff. So, yeah. I mean, I think that's something that, you know, like, like, let's say I, I'm a little bit more of a mature Amazon seller. I've built a, a team, but a way to motivate your employees, you know, to have mm-hmm. different challenges. But oh, then, yeah. um, here's a question. Like, let's say I'm a newer Amazon seller. Uh, I'm not part of the rainmaker community. I'm not part of another community that has these, these motivational challenges. Mm-hmm. What are some things that I can do on my own to just like, challenge myself now now me personally i I don't even know the answer to this question because i've always (laughs) been one of those that does need that group you know like like i I was just on your podcast uh real quick mention what's the name of your your podcast so people can find your family show Rainmaker Family Show. So depending on when this is airing, my episode might be there, but you'll hear me in that uh, episode talk about how I had lost um, 70 pounds over a few months. And and one of the main ways was was I was doing Zumba. But (laughs) the real reason, I mean, that was my the Zumba was what was what, you know, the exercise I was doing to lose weight. But the reason that I, I stuck to it and lost so much so fast is I was in like this biggest loser challenge at work. Oh, wow. And then we all put in money. Right. And then plus yeah. it's just, just competition level. And I was like, I cannot lose this. You know, it's not like it was a, you know, $10,000 or something. It was probably like, you know, four or $500, but I had to put like a hundred dollars down. And, and then just because of that though, and just because it was with my coworker, I was like, I'm not going to lose. I'm not going to give up like I do every other time. And guess what? I've never done a biggest loser contest since then. Every three months, I'm like, I'm going on this diet and I am going to lose weight. Yeah. I'm great for a week. Boom. You know, DoorDash is there on, on week, day seven. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I, I'm going to give in. So whether it's about weight loss or whether it's about yeah. your Amazon business, if I'm not part of a community, which a lot of people now are not like I do, mm-hmm. you know, Helium 10 doesn't even, we don't even work at the office. We're all remote. Yeah. How can, how can I stay motivated and challenge myself? Absolutely. I think my take on this and then, then I'll hear what Steven has to say. I think you have to know what motivates you. Like Bradley, it sounds like you're motivated by like money and some healthy competition. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so doing things around that recently, Steven and I just as business owners and now our whole team is doing this. We took this assessment and there's, I know there's tons of assessments out there that can help you understand yourself and like, what are your core motivators and all of that. And we took this assessment called the DISC test, um, D-I-S-C, and it really goes over your core motivator. So I would encourage people to start with that. Like, why are you motivated? What is going to help you see growth? Where are the areas when fear and with all those negative what ifs come up? Like, how do you react to that? So I think knowing yourself, doing a little self-assessment to figure out what is the best avenue? What do I, what systems do I need to put in place to be successful? So that's what I would say first. Um, It's so much a business and entrepreneurship is like growth, self-growth, who you become in the process. 
process. Um, and so you have to take some time to understand your why and who you are, I believe, to be really successful. <laughs> yeah. And I'll be totally transparent with you, Bradley. We are not experts in all areas of life no, we in are challenging not. ourselves. <laughs> uh-huh. Chelsea always gets on me with the workout thing <laughs> I do. because I'm like the guy who like, I get all hyped. I'm like, I'm buying a mountain bike. Which I'm like, I'm going to work out. And then I'm like, ride the mountain bike for a month. And it's like, That's the me. mountain bike collects dust. And I'm like, I got a rower. <laughs> it's always the expensive <laughs> things, right? Um, so, but I've definitely found, you know, some people are motivated by pain and some people are motivated by pleasure and you got to figure out which one of those. And so sometimes mm. it's setting up a bet for yourself where it's like, and maybe it's not a painful thing, but maybe it's mm-hmm. like you and some friends are like, Hey guys, we're going to pool some money together. And if we don't complete this thing together, um, we're going to donate the money to this cost. So maybe it's like pain of money leaving your bank account, but you could feel good about the cost, yeah. you know? Um, but for me, I think it's pleasure, honestly, that's where I found actually it just like going to the fitness thing. I am most successful with stuff that's just fun, you know, sure. that I like actually enjoy. And so, um, we have a little skate park in the backyard. That's really fun for me. You know, as long as I'm not sending myself to the hospital, which I've only done once, uh, <laughs> I got excited during Olympics week, you know, I got inspired, <laughs> but, but like, that's super fun for me is like, you know, challenging myself on the skate ramp. Uh, I recently, you know, again, these are still expensive things, but Got the Oculus Quest. I've been playing Mm -hmm. ping pong on there. I'm like sweating with this stupid VR headset on. But like stuff like that, I got to find the fun in it, the pleasure. For me, that's more motivating than the pain of like, well, if you don't do this, then like you're going to be unhealthy. Like, yeah, that doesn't motivate me as much. I need to have a pleasure thing or a reward. Rewards are super big for me. Or it's like, if we do this thing, then we will do, then we'll unlock this reward, even though we could. We could get the reward now, but it's just like having something out there like that. um, It really helps motivate. So, man, that's such a good question because you got to find those motivators so you can keep yourself going, even in the times when um, things are hard. And I always joke with people like they're like, what's the success rate of like, you know, sellers on Amazon? And I'm always just like, well, it's 100 percent, you know, as long as you don't stop. Yeah. Right. (laughs) The biggest thing is holding people back is stopping. So if you can just power through when those things come up by having motivators, then you will be successful. Cool. All right. Now let's switch to, um, you know, from, from kind of like mindset to just, you know, actual e-commerce strategies. Now, um, one of the things that stands out from our, from our previous conversation, if, if, unless I'm confusing you with somebody else, but you guys had some unique strategies as opposed to selling on Facebook. Mm. Um, are you guys still, promoting those strategies uh, yeah. to your students and like what is working and not working um, right now with, with using, is it called Facebook marketplace is what it's called? That's right. Yeah. So Facebook marketplace, definitely still a big opportunity um, right now. It's a, you know, relatively newer, you know, Facebook's been around, but like e-commerce platform, right? Whenever there's like something new that a platform comes out with that platform will favor it. So for example, when Instagram comes out with reels, Like if you do a reel, you're going to get a lot of engagement because they want to promote that thing. And so that's what Facebook marketplace is for Facebook right now. It's like kind of their newish thing. And even newer than that, it's called shops. Like having a shop on Facebook marketplace Mm. is the new thing. And I do believe they'll take a swing at like becoming like a Shopify Um, just because that's Facebook's kind of mantra, right? It's very (laughs) similar to Amazon. Like they want to take over the world and get their hands as many things as possible, right? So um, a lot of our rainmakers are using shops to uh, not only build brands that um, attract their ideal customer uh, and sell their own products, but also they do drop shipping to fund their Amazon businesses. So this is super random, but you know they will find products all over the internet on different sources, you know, and they will list them on their Facebook shops. 
But the cool part of this is like, let's say I'm launching a dog brand, right? You can create a Facebook shop in literally minutes about, you know, I'm going to sell dog products and you could list a bunch of products from all over the internet and drop ship them all while attracting your ideal customer to the shop while you're in progress of funding your own, you know, private label product. So they make some quick cash. It's more time intensive off the drop shipping thing. Um, all the while they're starting to engage with their existing buyers. And what I've been encouraging people to do is after you, cause it's all via messenger, like you're arranging the sales and things like that is, you know, when someone buys, let's say this, this leash or drop shipping off your shop, then you go, Hey, uh, this is random, but we're launching a new product soon. Would you like to be one of our, uh, early beta testers? I would love your feedback as we're developing this product. And you invite a percentage of those people who bought your other products, um, dropship products into something like a Facebook group community. And that's where you can start to really stack the deck in your favor with that ideal customer. Because I think this is something that's going to become more um, important than ever on Amazon is like Amazon knows who is buying your products. Like they know their buying habits. They know if they're a dog owner or not. And so when you're launching a product, you know, I know, I know there's a lot of different launch strategies, but having actual people in the niche buy your products. Like it's so much more powerful. So that's what some of our rainmakers are doing is curating these people by drop shipping other products, creating some cash, funding their private label product, and then launching that product to those same people who already know, like them and trust them. And that, uh, and they can oftentimes launch at a profit because they've kind of stacked the decks for months with these people. Interesting. Interesting. So then when you say the dropshipping, it's like you're just buying it at retail prices, but you just have enough of a markup to make it worth your while uh, on the Facebook shops. And, and even yeah. with that markup, you, you're still you're still finding people willing to pay those prices then, right? Pretty crazy. And uh, like the first time we heard about this, like we were like, no way this works, you know, mm -hmm. um, but it's been pretty wild to see. I mean, we had I was just talking to we have a coach in our community who really kind of owns this method. I'm not, I don't have my hands as much into this method as well, mm -hmm. as far as like a funding method, but she's really owned it and really dove into it and does it daily and helps other people do it in our community. And, um, I mean, she was like, just tell me a story of someone who they made $50,000 in profit, um, last year, uh, by building one of these shops and hiring a wow. VA virtual assistant to totally automate the thing. And so all they do is list products from all over. They mark it up maybe 10, $15. So the margins are pretty slim, but there is a population of people who just like hanging out on Facebook and yeah. they'll pay a little bit extra to have that shopping experience on Facebook and never leave that platform. It's so interesting to me that these people won't go and just Google this product and find it somewhere else for cheaper. But it's that convenience factor that we're offering. Um, but beyond that, I believe it's it's just great market research to start yeah. talking to people in your niche um, and 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 getting feet on the ground with that niche if you're not. Like if you're not super deep in that niche, you know, and you're building a brand, you want to talk to the people because then when you actually launch your product, you'll be able to speak their language sure. and launch at a profit. Cool. D does it, does it require, um, like you to have a business, like a, a business page in order to start that, or I can do that on my own personal profile or what are some of the requirements for starting a, yeah. um, a Facebook shop or just using Facebook marketplace? When we started it, we just did Facebook Marketplace, like use your personal account, literally just mm -hmm. like grab products from different sites, you know, and uh, we would usually go to the reviews of those products and find like kind of customer images and just throw those on Facebook Marketplace, sell it for a profit. Um, but we're seeing that now that Facebook has launched the shops kind of aspect of things, they are preferring that. They're giving more traffic mm -hmm. to that. 
And so you do need a business page on Facebook, which you can just set up, you know, like a page you can like, and then you can create a shop underneath that page. Uh, and you know, you can have multiple shops. That's the kind of fun part. Like, you know, multiple pages. So we have a, a lot of rainmakers who like, they got multiple shops in different niches that they're building. And, um, it's pretty fun to see. It's pretty, it's, it's definitely like I compare it to the early days of Amazon. It's very yeah. much the wild west right now. Um, there's a lot of opportunity, but there's also just like random glitches and, you know, they'll shut down your shop for a day or two. Like with no, you know, it's just like, it's just that world. So if you take a step into that world, just know it's a big opportunity, but, um, it's also the wild west. <laughs> okay. Now do, do they, uh, does Facebook shops or marketplace take a commission, you know, like how Amazon takes their, their, their 15%. I believe Facebook wants you to take payment through their platform and that's how they're going to make their, their commission oh. on the sale. We used to like take payment on PayPal or something like that, but Facebook has a payment platform now oh. um, uh -huh. that you can basically Facebook pay people and that's where they're going to make their, their commission. So cool. um, it's all about just figuring out those right numbers, figuring out how much margin you need and building it in there. Um, but yeah, most people, you know, they, they're probably only making, five to $15 per sale, you know, but the cool thing with sh Facebook shops is when you hit a product, like we call it when a product hits, you know, the algorithm likes it. You could sell like a hundred plus of those in one day. And then it all, all it comes down to is fulfillment. Just like, can you copy and paste the addresses into the thing? Yeah. And a lot of times we use virtual assistants to do that, like more of the labor intensive part. There are some software and things like that that can help automate some of those things. But again, it's so early that it just sounds like not, something helium 10 needs to get into yeah right? it's not as mature <laughs> as like you know drop shipping in general but sure. um but yeah it's it's also a great way to test products like i've been telling people that now is like when you order a sample from your manufacturer don't order one sample order 20 samples right mm -hmm. and then take some of them and throw them on facebook marketplace just you know even on your personal if you're getting a lot of engagement on that thing you might have a clue like this is probably a good thing right yeah, um yeah. It, it allows you to test stuff out with like a lot less like i mean you could even just take a photo of a potential product put it on facebook marketplace pretend to sell it then when someone wants to buy it just be like oh sorry we're sold out but just do it yeah. to build confidence in yourself to go like okay i know this thing's gonna work okay Interesting. Now, you know, obviously for your community, the main, the main marketplace is, is Amazon and FBA. And then sounds like a lot of our uh, people are doing uh, Facebook shops too. What other marketplaces are some in your community finding success on, be it like, you know, Etsy, Wayfair, Instagram, or any of these, maybe not what you would typically think of when you think of e-commerce. Yeah, definitely. And I, I apologize. I'm doing a lot of the talking. I'm definitely the nerd in the relationship. <laughs> and so I geek out on the numbers and the tech and Chelsea is the mama of the group. Um, she's more the trend, uh, trend seer. Mm -hmm. And so like I find the data and I bring it to her and she makes it look pretty. So I love just it. interrupt love me it. if I'm no, talking too good. much. I've seen Dynamic duo. Who, yes. I don't know. We're not going to say who's Batman, who's Robin, but um, <laughs> the tag team here. Yeah, I would say our rainmakers are, some of them will adventure out into Etsy. I know recently I just saw a testimony pop up of, that were working really well. Mm -hmm. um, and then quite a few of our community members will start like their own Instagram accounts to create like that following um, or even like private Facebook groups. Um, like one of our moms, she, um, her niche is like moms who are breastfeeding. And so her Instagram, mm -hmm. although she sells products on Amazon, that's where she started specifically, specifically for them. She's creating content and has a Facebook group where they're engaging and all of that. So I know that those are ways that some of our yeah. moms are doing stuff as well. Cool. Cool. Now, um, 
we've talked before about how you know Amazon TOS changes and and strategy changes. One of the things that's just a consistent thing that everybody always needs to be worried about is is getting more reviews, especially those initial mm. reviews. And of course, at Helium Ten, we've got tools like you know follow up, where you can automate the request review or even send a custom message. But in general, like uh, what are some things that are working as far as as being able to to build those reviews? Like, uh, are you guys using insert cards or? Or just yeah. going above and beyond on packaging, or what are you guys doing to help with the reviews? It's getting trickier and trickier for sure. I think the favorite tool is definitely the seller assistant tool from Helium 10. Um, that's been, I would say, working the best right now as far as like a more automated, you know, kind of kind of hands-off method. Um, one thing we're experimenting right now, so it's not as battle tested, but just as like more like I, I, I don't know, for some reason we lean into the Facebook platform. Our communities are built on Facebook. Um, there's just so many groups on Facebook of potential people that you can sell to. Mm-hmm. And so, like, for example, we're launching a brand in, in the mountain bike niche. And there's, like, literally mountain bike groups, you know, all over the United States where it's, like, SoCal mountain bikers. Or it's, like, Northern California mountain bikers. Or it's Orange County. It's, like, mm-hmm. like just in California, like, we found 12 yeah. of these things. And so um, just starting to engage more in those groups, we call them um, hand raise posts. So we do posts that kind of, uh, generate interest and get comments. And then we just start conversations with those people, uh, via messenger and build relationship, actually kind of making it less transactional and more relational. Now there are ways to automate this and, and outsource it. Um, you know, you can use many chat chat bots and things like that, but we do a lot of, you know, virtual assistants kind of, um, nurturing people, asking questions, and then ascending them to either buying a product you know, supporting a launch or something like that. So we find when you do it that way, then it like they're way more willing to leave a review um, when you ask them, um, like, hey, can you leave a review for this thing? We're not incentivizing them to do that. Um, the other tip, and this only works if you have like kind of a some sort of message with them. You know, it doesn't really work with email as well. Is just like we call it going after a small yes first before a big yes. And so mm-hmm. like it's kind of like you want to date someone before you ask them to marry them. <laughs> so like we just say stuff like, like, um, like we have, we, we, we also do some funnels and things like that. So for example, if someone buys through the funnel, they'll get a message, um, from my business partner and he'll be, some, he'll, it's like a, it's like a selfie video of him on a trail with his bike. And he's just like, Hey, I just want to thank you so much for, for your purchase. Uh, now real quick, I know this is a little different, but like, I have a super quick favor to ask you, would you be willing to like do a quick favor for me? If you do it, like, I promise I'll hook you up, you know, like he says something like that, but we're just being very vague about what mm-hmm. it is on messenger. It might just be like, Hey, real quick. Can you do me a favor? Like that's the yeah. small. Yes. It's not like, Hey, can you do me a favor? Can you leave a review? Right. Yeah. It's just like, Hey, can you do me a favor? And then they say, yes, they've already agreed to doing the thing, mm-hmm. you know, before you even tell them what it is. So it's just like everything is uh, just going for the next tiny. Yes. So even when we're like, um, Instead of going like, okay, hey, click this link and leave a review. We're like, hey, here's a link. Can you just check to see if the link works? <laughs> like, it's just a different way to say, click the link. And then uh-huh, you're just like uh-huh. holding their hand through the process. So it's again, it's like, you have to do it once to kind of map it out. But then once you have a script, you can have a virtual assistant do that. And it's just like, I had a guy do this to me to, to get us on a podcast. And like, this guy, like, you know, he, he didn't have a huge following or anything like that. But he just started mm-hmm. with that. He was like, hey, Steven, can I ask you a quick question? And I said, yes. And then all of a sudden now I feel obligated to keep saying yes. Like yeah. I was just like, he just was like, 
uh, like he just kept asking little yeses and all of a sudden I'm going to be on this podcast, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and huh. it'll be fun. But like, it's all about that small yes and relational. I think that's mm-hmm. a big thing. So like the more that. you can do that, whether it's a product insert that takes them, you know, to some sort of texting chat, you know, or whether it's a Facebook messenger thing built like off of a Facebook group of your ideal person, um, or if it's a video, you know, that you send people, um, if they opt in through your website. So having that like relational aspect, I think people are so sick of like just the automated stuff. They just want human connection again. Mm -hmm. I even saw like someone who this person has a huge following. So her audience, when they got this message was like so excited, but she was doing a book launch. I don't know if she was self-publishing or whatever, but I love the concept that she did. She was able to like send those personal messages. Like Steven talked about, like to these people using their name, like she's on the couch, nursing her baby doing this. And the people were freaking out. Cause they're like, Oh my gosh, it's Jenna. Like, I can't <laughs> believe she's doing this to me. Yeah. And she didn't do it with everybody, but it was like the first whatever. So I think what Steven touched upon is if you can just thinking outside the box of that and creating engagement and dialogue. And yeah, I think building a, a, you know, a brand and having a presence on Facebook and Instagram can only help you, especially yeah. when you're launching. Nice. Now you, you mentioned earlier, like, you know, some testimonies, testimonials, um, everybody likes to hear success stories. And that's the cool thing. You know, I, I obviously interview on here a lot of just personal people like, Hey, what's your personal, um, you know, Amazon story or, or what have you been succeeding in? What have you been failing in? But when you're part of a community like you guys are, you guys get to hear 500 times the amount of, <laughs> of, of, of stories. So what are some that, that stick out, um, in your mind that maybe I haven't, you know, I've obviously had, you know, a number of, uh, uh, individuals from your rainmaker community on yeah. this podcast, mm-hmm. but maybe somebody that, you know, hasn't been on here that you can, um, you know, recount some of the, their, their, their cool stories that, that have happened over the last year or so. Yeah. One that comes to mind is a woman named Deb in our community and she is incredible. She's a retired music teacher and I believe she joined our program right before she was about to retire and she had seen somebody else have success with Amazon from our community. So she just knew it was possible. She held on to that. Like, I know that this is possible and wanting to create something more for herself in retirement. And so she knew the process worked and she did launch one product, um, probably like a year ago and it didn't go as well as she thought, but she had to really wrestle through these like negative. What ifs like, what if this doesn't work for me? What if I'm too old? What if I'm not tech savvy enough? And she just has chosen to put all those negative what ifs to the side. And she's such a powerful voice in our community because of her mindset. And she's just like, I know this process works. I know that Amazon FBA can work for me and I'm not going to think about the what ifs. I'm just going to keep pushing in, keep persevering. And so this last, I believe it was November, she launched her second product and has had such success with this product. Mm. It's about, I think, to sell out. So that's <laughs> been like a tricky thing that she had no idea to expect because um, it's just been selling like hotcakes. And the design is beautiful and it's just this heart and this love. And every time I see Deb go on and share about her journey, I just, everyone roots for her. And it's so incredible to see that. And I think it's just a good picture of like, 
you know, Amazon can work the first time. Yes. But sometimes it's like the training ground to get you to where you want to be. And you have to stay focused on what if the sky's the limit, she says. And what if this is like the best thing that's going to be for my family? And it's that transformational process. So that's just one story that comes to mind. I love Deb. I feel like I could sit (laughs) and have a cup of coffee with her and talk for hours because she's just so full of wisdom and such an inspiration. I love it. I love it. All right, so so back on the nerdy side then. So so what are some of the um Steven some of the strategies that mm. either in you know in your own Amazon business or some of your students has been working um of late, you know, be it PPC or or launch or whatever. Yeah. I'll tell you one of the strategies I've been geeking out on <laughs> like with with all of our businesses and uh I call it like owning digital real estate. So, you know, we do a lot of off Amazon stuff as well, funnels and things like that. Um, of course you can drive ads from anywhere on the internet to your, you know, directly to your Amazon. But if I can get people to a funnel where I can increase the average order value with some upsells or some ways to offer more value to them, I find I can spend a little bit more on those places. And so this is something we've been experimenting with and also challenging, um, our, our higher level rainmakers to dive into is like, there's so many places to get attention on the internet and sometimes it just takes thinking outside the box to find those places. So, I mean, I could riff off a couple of them just to give your audience some ideas. Cause some sure. of these, it's just like, man, you, you do some of these things and it could drive, it could drive business to your brand for years. So owning digital real estate is basically like there's, you know, there's properties all over the internet. This isn't like buying a, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> metaverse land or anything like that yet. Mm-hmm. Maybe in the future, maybe next year mm-hmm. we'll talk again. <laughs> But like, you know, for example, these mountain bike groups, a lot of these mountain bike groups, um, they are owned by just random people. They're not businesses. They're just like someone who started a group, right? And those groups have real estate. So if you think about the, you know, the group, where's the most valuable real estate? It's probably the banner. That's the first thing people see. It's probably the description. So can I own part of that, you know? And so um, this kind of creates a conversation of like, imagine if I am a, you know, sponsor brand of the month for some of these Facebook groups. And all that means is I pay them just a little bit to put my brand and a link to my funnel or QR code in their banner, you know, and you know, they get stoked cause I'm paying them $25 a month or something, you know, like uh, some of these people are more business minded, but some of them are just like, sure, this is like a hobby, you know? And so um, how could I own like hundreds of these groups across the United States? So like every single day, I mean, you can look at you can go on Facebook, search for groups. You can literally see how many posts are in that group every day. It'll be like 35 posts a day. And you can just see like, man, there's activity there. How can I drive some of that activity to some of my other things? Uh, beyond that, if you find a group that's really profitable, you can acquire that group. Like you can approach that, that, that person and go like, hey, this group looks pretty big. looks like a lot of work. Do you want me to take it off your hands? You know? And I mean, a lot of people will sell a Facebook group because it is a ton of work, especially if it's something they start on the side and they're not monetizing it. Um, you yeah. Can be like, yeah, you can totally stay in the group, but our brand will now take over this group and manage it and use it to drive traffic. So that's just one place, Facebook groups. Um, uh, first page of Google, of course, like, you know, that's something that a lot of brand owners are leaning into more of the Google attribution stuff. Um, so beyond that, just like paying for Google AdWords, I'm looking for keywords in that niche and like, who are the bloggers who are like on those keywords? Like if I'm like, searching the best blah, blah, blah product, who has the blog post of like the 10 best things. <laughs> and same thing with YouTube, Google and YouTube are very similar. And so, um, on YouTube, there's kind of like a hierarchy we go after. It's like, okay, a full video feature from someone that's all SEO optimized and 
you know, that's the most amazing, most expensive thing, right? Second mm-hmm. most expensive is like a shout out in a video. But the really easy one that we've been going after is finding existing videos that are already ranked where it's like, you know, here's like, I'll just use Rainmakers, for example. Rainmakers, we we help moms launch on Amazon. And so, you know, we're, lo- we're looking for moms um, who are looking for work from home opportunities. So if I go to YouTube and search work from home mom opportunities, and I see that there's a rising video on the front page and she has 10 opportunities in that video, I'll reach out to her and go, hey, how do you feel about putting a bonus 11th item in the description of your YouTube video? And it's such a simple thing. And how I've gotten like those type of deals, I just reach out to those people again with a small yes. And I go, um, hey, can I just take 30 seconds to share with you a simple two minute thing you can do on this YouTube video to increase your revenue on it? You know, and they're like, yes. Right. And then I tell them about our affiliate program. Can you just put a bonus 11 thing, you know, in the description of that video? And imagine doing that on a lot of videos. Again, it's just trickle, but like YouTube is a very evergreen platform. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last thing I would talk about with owning digital real estate, I guess just a mindset, is focus on um, focus on evergreen. Like focus on things that don't just go away. Like don't pay for an Instagram story shout out that's gone in 24 hours. Try to negotiate with people to like pin you in their story highlights so you're there forever or put you in a link in the bio. And uh, you can see this in a lot of businesses like, we, we, we went through a good HelloFresh phase, you know? Do you know HelloFresh and Blue Apron? We would always get yep. the free, like whenever they did the freebies, like we do the yep. freebies. Yep. And when you get a HelloFresh box in the mail, inside that box is a bunch of product inserts, not just for their brand, but for a bunch of other brands. You got like a wine voucher in there. You have like this other thing. And so like who else is growing in your niche that you could grow with and you could bolt your business onto theirs and they could bolt their business onto yours? So this is a this is a different concept on Amazon. How could we actually have product inserts that promote a bunch of people and then have all those people promoting us? So as they grow, we grow. Uh, even in email sequences, when someone buys my product, ten days later, hey, if you love our product, you might love this brand too. And we do email swaps. So these are like free things basically you can do, where it's like we might as well just steward what people are already doing, work smarter together, and see each other grow. So. That hopefully gives your audience some ideas <laughs> on some ways to own some digital real estate, yep. whether it's in someone else's it. business or somewhere on the internet in an evergreen form that'll help your business grow. Okay. I love it. Love it. Now, now before we get into your, I mean, that, that was some great strategies there. Before we get into the 30 second tip uh, part of this Ooh. show, just the uh, last question I kind of had was, you know, you guys run a podcast together, you know, your Amazon business together, a full community and training course. Um, you're, you're also parents, you know, um, and, and a family, like anybody who, who gets into the entrepreneurial career, like a, a lot of their struggles is, is that transition, you know, like w- w- when you work for the quote unquote, the man or work in the corporate world, it's a pretty set schedule. Like, all right, get to work at eight, leave at five, you know, uh, your, your day is all planned out, very structured. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but how can entrepreneurs who, who are, you know, families like yourself, how, how do they keep that work balance? What has made it work so well for, for you guys? What you say? I mean, it's a constant thing we're reevaluating for sure. We have one little guy, he's two, and we have one on the way. So when baby number two comes, I'm sure there'll be more discussion about finding balance, rebalancing and everything. Um, I mean, Steven and I, like, we love what we do. We get up in the morning, we're excited. It's what drives us, the impact of not just what you know, our business has done for us and what we've been able to do, but more than that, the people that we impact. So there's definitely that aspect to it, but, um, there's always moments where we have to like 
turn off business. And as our son gets older, I think we're learning more and more to have healthy boundaries. And so that means, you know, at a certain time in the evening right now, it's around like 530. I usually end work earlier. Uh-huh. Steven needs to be done by then to be with our son Kaizen and no phones at the table. Like I would say weekends are very sacred for us. We're not like planning meetings or doing anything like that. We have set aside family time and you just have to fight for that connection. So I think uh-huh. it's constantly reevaluating and we do in a lot of ways have sort of set work hours. Um, and I think as our kids get older, those will be even more strict because it is important to protect your family connection. What would you say, Stephen? Yeah, we definitely work around our life. That's something that mentors in our life have really encouraged us this year Mm -hmm. is look at your life first and what you want your life to be and then build the business that supports the life. Yeah. And so this year as Chelsea, we're having a baby in March, you know, it's like we started there and we're like, what is our business? Where do we want to be in March? so that we mm-hmm. could take two months off and not worry about a single thing. And so we worked our way backwards from there and that totally redefined how we were pushing this year mm-hmm. in different areas and who we were, you know, who we were hiring, like what leadership do we need in place to totally step out, you know? So, um, looking at your life first and not letting the business run your life, even this, like during these podcasts, like, uh, it's nap time for, for Kai. So he mm-hmm. takes a solid three hour nap right now. So we just crank oh, out goodness. podcasts during this time <laughs> and it's not taking us away from him. So, yeah. um, yeah, one of, a someone we interviewed on our show, um, she said, she's like, I don't like to call it balance. I like to call it tilting, mm-hmm. you know, where it's like mm-hmm. you tilt towards the business and you're full in on the business, mm-hmm. but then you can tilt back to family and you're full in on family. You're not trying to do both. Yeah. It's just like, it's just like, yeah. it's like seasons. It's like, you got this season, you got this season and it could be like, there could be a, a morning season, a midday season, an afternoon season, like you, you just tilt, but that way you're not like stretching your mind to two things at once yeah. and you're on your phone with your kids, you know, you're yeah. fully there or you're fully here. I like it. I like it. All right. Now, um, let's, let's go to our, our TST 30 second tips. Mm-hmm. Like I said, you've already given us some, some strategy, both on the mindset side and on the, you know, actual just, you know, Amazon strategy side. So, so maybe one each tip from, from both of you about whatever in the world you'd like to, uh, to, to share with the world. Okay. Do you want to go first? Or do you want me to go first? You go first. Because mine will be, <laughs> okay. end up being more mindset. I'm looking at my watch because I can be a little long-winded. I'll see if I can give Well, you- sometimes, you know, the, the nice thing about calling it the TST, sometimes it ends up to be three minutes. <laughs> okay. um, with Kevin King, the T stands for 10 minutes oh, uh, okay. tip. Nice. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> okay. So the 30-second tip that I think will stretch your mind is how can you serve your people at a even higher level. Now this is just a mental exercise, but it may translate into a lot of money for you and your brand. If there's, you know, Mark, there are famous marketers who have said the, the person who can spend the most to acquire a customer wins, right? So let's say you're selling $25 products. What does it look like to sell that same person a $25,000 product? Okay. It just stretches your mind. Now, just like if you had to put on a piece of paper, what what would I have to sell to that person for, let's say, $25,000 to really make them go, oh my gosh, that feels like a deal. That's like a $100,000 product that I'm buying for twenty five. dollars And you start mm-hmm. to create a list of these things of how you could serve that person at a higher level. It starts to really stretch your mind. And um, even if you don't sell the thing for twenty five. dollars but you have someone buy a product on a product insert, they go into a funnel, and then there's a $2,500 product, right? If one person buys that product, it increases the whole average cart value of, of everyone, you know? Like, 
And so just having some sort of high ticket thing in your ecosystem that you lead people up to um, can really allow you to spend way more on the front end. So we have one product like this, we're experimenting with this on where it's like, we don't care about how much this product sells for on Amazon because it's just a funnel into a higher ticket product on the back end that's $5,000. And so um, we can be so competitive on the price on the front end because we know a percentage of those people will read the insert, will scan the thing, will go to the website and buy the $5,000 thing. And so um, this is a bigger strategy than like most Amazon sellers are probably even thinking of. Yeah. But I like to think of like, how can I serve someone at a $25,000 level and then make it less? It just starts stretching your mindset and it might not be more things. It might be education, it might be information, it might be experiential, it might be coaching, you know, um, how can you take that thing, you know, like, um, how can we take the coffin shelf and then lead them into how to become a professional <laughs> coffin maker <laughs> course? I don't know. I'm just coming up with some yeah, ideas yeah. for Bradley, but you get the idea, right? Like so, it. um, how can you add a high ticket offer to the back end of your product to make like everything so profitable and you could spend crazy amount on ads? because you don't even care about the front end because you know it's going to work yeah. out on the back end. Super cool. Super cool. Uh, Chelsea, you got one for us? Yeah, I love the way Steven's mind thinks. <laughs> I'm going to keep it just a little bit more simple. Whatever, I feel like in business, you know, we just opened up a new year here, like whatever your goal is, like whether it's you want to hit six figures in your business or seven figures or get more reviews, whatever that is. Um, I just want you to think about what are the steps you're going to take every single day to make that happen? Do you need to carve out? Is it just 15 minutes? Is it 30 minutes? What are you going to be super dedicated on today so that you can reach that goal because having that big audacious goal or even a smaller goal is great, but you need to have actionable items to get you there. So, um, if it's, you want to, um, have better health this year, whatever it is. Okay. What are the actionable steps every single day or every other day or three times a week that you need to do to actually get you to that definition of being more healthy or being more successful, whatever it is. So just having those things each and every day that you can do, um, that you'll actually get done and not be like, I'm going to spend five hours a day when all you really have is 15 minutes. Love it. I love it. All right. Um, you guys are a wealth of information, so maybe somebody who's listening to this wants to get more information or find you guys on the interwebs. How can they uh, do that? Yeah, you can check us out on uh, therainmakerfamily.com or the Rainmaker Family Show if you love podcasts. We had Bradley on, and he dropped some fire, yes, so go check did. that out. And uh, we'd love to connect with you guys. Awesome. Thank you so much um, for coming on here. might be uh, almost uh, the end of nap time, uh, so I'm going to let you go. And we'll definitely uh, reach out to you in, in 2023 and, and see see what's new in your, your guys' uh, mindset hacks and also uh, Amazon hacks. I love them all. Thanks, Bradley. Talk to you soon.